So today we're going to examine in the Old Testament a biblical character by the name of Joshua. And we're going to dig into parts of Joshua, in particular chapter 24, uh, the middle of the chapter we'll get to eventually. Some of you biblical scholars out there may know that Joshua, Joshua was the personal successor to Moses. I'd like to read some scripture to you found in Deuteronomy. And this gives us an insight into Joshua and his leadership coming from Moses and the succession. Then Moses went out. It's Deuteronomy 31 for those of you taking note. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all of Israel. I am now 120 years old. Now this is an important point for us to recognize. Moses knew he was going to die. Because he declares right here, he's 120 years old. In Genesis, a book before this, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, God declares that man will not live longer than 120 years. So when you reached 120 years at this point, you knew the door was closing, right? So he knew he had to take action. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all of Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sibon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their lands. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all of Israel, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the Levitical priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. This is a great scripture for us to kick off this message in that we see that Moses is passing the torch in a sense, recognizing that he's not going to cross the Jordan, but he knows Joshua has been ordained by God to lead the people Israel. So we have Joshua as now the, the leader of God's chosen people. Some of you know Joshua was a spy, he was a leader, he was even a warrior for God's chosen people. Uh, wait, I want to go back one book further in the Bible that I read from Deuteronomy a moment ago, but in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 8, we read, from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun. Who on earth is Hoshea? It's rhetorical, so you don't have to answer but it's answered a few verses later when in verse 16 we read, these are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. And in parentheses, Moses gave Hoshea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. 
And we've went over this in a variety of ways through my time here that God changes the name of individuals for his purpose as they go into leadership roles, as they go into these servant roles and bless the people of God. Some of us may not think a name change is significant, but let me explain it in this particular case. You'll see up on the screen the Hebrew spelling. I don't know how to say that. You see it behind me? It's behind me, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not good at that. Oh, by the way, I took Hebrew in seminary. Almost said cemetery. But in, in seminary, and it was the second most hardest thing that I've ever done. Greek was the hardest. Sarah and I had been married for well over a decade by the time I took the Greek language, and she had never seen me stressed until that time. So, oh joy, when I got to do Hebrew. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I couldn't think about it that long. It's tough. But the Hebrew language, you see the Hebrew spelling for uh, who we're calling Joshua, and translated for us is coming up, he oshiu, and then we have the word Yahweh. We sang that already today. The word Yahweh. Many of us are familiar with that word, Yahweh. We've heard that name. We've sung that name. And they all come from that Hebrew root word meaning salvation, which is also translated for us as deliverer. That seems like a lot just for a name. But after being blessed to do some research on a Jewish website, sometimes I, I get into these uh, websites and I dig deeper and deeper and deeper. Some of you have probably done that on social media or something, but I did it this week on a Jewish website. So don't follow my path. It's not the, well, anyways. But that site led me to Fuller Theological Seminary's website, and it helped me discover even more about Joshua and that clarified for me the understanding of the name Joshua. And in the, the Fuller Seminary website, the, the Joshua name, taking into the Greek language, which most of the New Testament is in, into the Greek uh, language is Jesus. Joshua, also called Yahweh by the language of that day. But then we have Jesus in our understanding in the Greek name from Fuller Theological Seminary. Many theologians look at Joshua as a foreshadowing of the coming Messiah. Think about that for a moment. There are similarities. He was chosen as the deliverer of God's chosen people. And his name actually extended that in its understanding, in its definition. Let me do a little more Joshua reference. And uh, Jeff leaned into this a little. After Moses' death, Joshua succeeded him, of course, as the leader of Israel. And under Joshua's leadership, they crossed the Jordan. Then for seven years, Joshua led them in battles. As God guided them, they defeated 31 kings. Imagine those battles. Took over their cities and their territories all in the name of God. And that compromised the, the bulk of the land west of the Jordan to the east of the Jordan. Moses had already conquered those people in God's name. Then for seven years after that, Joshua oversaw the process of dividing the land amongst the 12 tribes. 
That was what he was called to do as well in Deuteronomy. So he allocated a portion of the land to the families of the 12 tribes. Many people, many Jewish people, I have to make that clarity, many Jewish people look at Joshua as the historical figure of being their deliverer. Now, with all that said, I want to read our focus text Pastor Brian left with us for this Sunday. This text is from Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 15, and it connects well with the Discover Your Gifts book and the workbook lesson uh, number 10, which is about communication. So let me read this text to you from Joshua 24. It's uh, quite a few verses, so relax, listen, or read along if you desire. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived among the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Sarah to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried out to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, and I gave them unto your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. Then Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel. He sent for Balaam, the son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hands. Then you came across the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Pizzarites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergesherites, and the Hivites, and Jezebites. But I gave them onto your hands, and I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow, so I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your, excuse me, throw away the gods of your ancestors, worshiped beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's sort of the point of that whole text I just read. Joshua saying to the people of Israel, but for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
Joshua was a great communicator to God's own people. He basically told them the story in those verses I just read of their life in a very concise way. Communicators can sometimes do that in a very blessed way. So Joshua did that to his own people. And I know for a fact there are people in this room right now that are great communicators. I've sat with you. I've listened to you. I've been blessed by you. But according to the Discover Your Gifts book, communication is described in this fashion. Communication gifts include organization of thought, presentation, and storytelling. I've heard some interesting stories, by the way. I also believe great communicators do things through actions. It's not just words. Being present with somebody who's going through a difficult time. Offering a listening ear without having words of judgment. Offering support to someone who you know God wants to bless, and you can be a blessing unto them. There are many ways to communicate. Earlier this morning, I said that we we're going to have a guest speaker. And the reason I wanted to have this particular speaker come forward and share today is because, well, a week from today, she's leaving the country and she won't be available to us. Lindsay, could you please come forward? Lindsay's going to share about her uh, present and future. Hello, hi again. <laughs> so as you said, my name is Lindsay. Many of you guys already know me. And yes, in a week, I moved to Spain to work for a ministry called Agape Mas as a social worker. So in a week, hopefully I'm, I'm in Spain ready um, to serve. My ministry mostly serves victims of human trafficking and other marginalized people groups. Um, and so yeah, you guys have just been such a blessing to me. And I love that you invited me today to talk on Joshua 24 because it's such a great passage and it really causes us to reflect a lot on how the Lord has provided for us. And for me, even looking back at my whole life, a lot of that has come from my actual literal household, the family that the Lord has blessed me with. Um, and I'm so thankful that I have a household that taught me to serve the Lord and, and gave me this vision um, to go out and serve the nations and to serve other people. Um, but also, even just looking back at these past few months preparing to go to Spain, I've thought about my spiritual family and the church as a household and how specifically Faith Lutheran has really come alongside me and just blown me away with the support and the encouragement and the generosity that's allowing me now to stand here and be ready to go in a week to be fully funded as an individual for my first year and get to go and be ready to be sent. Yeah, woo! Um, <laughs> so I'm really, really excited. Um, and a lot of you want to know how you can still be praying for me right now. I do have a huge prayer request. I have a flight in a week, but my visa has not arrived yet. And so <laughs> Spain is very notorious for long processes. And so if you could just be praying for a miracle that this week somebody somewhere gets it in the mail to me. Um, and if not, I'll just have a later departure date, but we believe in miracles. We believe God's going to do it. Hopefully I'll be sent in this next week. Um, but even as I struggle through planning out all the logistics of what that looks like to move, I just really feel like God has never faltered in affirming that this is what he wants me to do and this is where he's sending me. And part of that affirmation has come from people like you guys, from getting to sit down and have those conversations um, with you and have you encourage me and support me in just such amazing, amazing ways. So I just really want to thank um, Faith Lutheran for everything you guys have been as a church and as individuals communicating with me and and 
wanting to invest in what I'm doing and what the Lord's doing through me. Um, and I would continue, I would love if you would continue to pray for me as I go into this work, as you continue to invest in what I'm doing. Um, as you know, it's really hard um, and dark work, the work that I'm going into. Um, and I know a lot of you guys have seen or heard about the movie Sound of Freedom. A lot of people have talked to me about it. And I know that this kind of shines a light on one portion of what human trafficking looks like. But it is really important. And I know that many people are still looking for ways to get involved. So, yeah, coming alongside me, investing in what we're doing, um, praying for me is just such a good way to get involved and, and be part of the righteous battle that God's waging against this horrible, horrible reality that so many people live. Um, and then I, as an individual, am fully funded. But if you're still looking for ways to give to my team as a whole in Spain has um, other financial needs if you want to do that but more than anything I just wanted to come up here and thank you guys for the way that you've encouraged and supported me um, and are going to continue I know you're going to continue to pray for me and pray for everything that I'm doing um, and so yeah more than anything just thank you from the bottom of my heart um, I'm really excited to be sent off today and, and yeah hopefully in a week I'll be in Spain or if not maybe you'll see me again, but hopefully not. Um, hopefully Pastor Brian and I can do a little exchange and I'll go to Europe and he comes back, but we're just praying. But yeah, I would love if you guys would just pray me off today. And we're going to do that, right? Yeah, please. We're going to stand in the midst of the congregation. Lindsay, if you and John could join me. John, the president of the congregation, I thought it was appropriate that the three of us gathered here in the midst of the body of Christ and to have a prayer of commissioning. Uh, although Lindsay hasn't like grown up here in this community or anything like that, whenever we as believers have an opportunity to bless someone to go out and do things that we most likely will never do. So when God sends somebody in our midst that has that gifting, we can support them. As Lindsay said, she's fully funded. That's huge, by the way. When a missionary is fully funded before they even leave, that's enormous. So keep up on that funding if you're helping her out. And as Lindsay said, continue on that if you want to help as well her team. And I wrote up a little uh, commissioning service that John and I are going to have over Lindsay. So if you could uh, just be with us during this time. Well, we want to present Lindsay. Um, to be a commissioned missionary to Spain through Global Moss, which is um, part of the Global Crusade for Christ's ministry. Lindsay, we honor your faith and courage in offering yourself for this important ministry to victims of human trafficking for the purpose of sexual exploitation. Do you affirm your commitment to the important work of caring, sharing, and partnering for those being exploited? I do, with God's help. Will you, the people of Faith Lutheran Church, support Lindsay in her mission, first and foremost through prayer, but also through financial giving? If so, please say, we will. Let's extend a hand towards Lindsay as I offer a prayer. Loving God, as your risen son ascended to glory, he declared that your people would receive power from the Holy Spirit to bear witness to him and to the ends of the earth. Be present with Lindsay, who is leaving in one week, we pray to serve you in Spain. May your love and your truth be with Lindsay and show through her daily activities. I offer this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Lindsay, on behalf of Faith Youth and Church, we commission you as a missionary to Spain, and we ask in the name of the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that he will put a shield of protection and faith around you. And everybody in this congregation says, Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you may have thought, oh, the sermon's over with. We did let No, 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 no. God is so good. He blesses us with individuals like Lindsay who are willing to step out and be servants. Many of you do that already. Maybe not globally, internationally, but locally. So thank you for your service. He blesses us right here in Bloomington as well. When we can't go out and serve, we can support those who do that through prayer priority through prayer and then financially as well. So much like Joshua, Lindsay's not seeking to be this big leader. She wants to serve. Joshua wanted to serve, but God equipped him to become a leader of his people Israel. He, he didn't seek to be a spy, one of the 12 spies. He didn't seek to be a warrior, king but he became a warrior. He became a spy because he sought to serve God. And we in turn, through ministry right here in this particular community or wherever you may be online, whatever community you're in, God desires us to serve him daily. And as we serve Jesus, we become better communicators. Not that you're gonna get up in front and do a speech or anything like that, but you're communicating the love of God in your service, in your Christian service. Most of us will never rise to the level of a speech communication to be blessed to be somebody like a Billy Graham, but we can do what God equips us to do. And we have to remember that. God equips us in certain ways, blesses us to do certain things in his kingdom, in particular in our circle of influence. And some of you know what that is, the circle of influence. It might be your particular family. It might be the church, a larger aspect in business. But we all have a circle of influence. This past week while I was writing this message at Pastor Brian's office, which I'll return my space at Panera to him next week, I observed how a father of two young children was communicating well, and influencing his circle, in a sense. He showed great patience and love as his two toddlers, they had a meltdown. That's the easiest way to express it. They were challenged. But I saw this young father. I say young now as I'm getting older. He was probably in his 20s, so that's young. I saw this young father communicate to these toddlers love. He wasn't slapping their hands. He wasn't yelling no at them or be quiet, we're in a restaurant. He communicated love to them. He also communicated love to his wife who was so embarrassed because the children were melting down. But he communicated love and patience with her and with the toddlers. That was his circle of influence in the moment. We all have circles of influence that may come across us in a daily way, but 
if you have an opportunity to influence somebody in love, to communicate the love of Jesus Christ to them, we need to have positive reactions in that way to show the love of Jesus Christ that is already in our hearts. I want to start wrapping this message up with six positive points about Joshua and ourselves as well. Wait, you're thinking to yourself, there's six more points to this message? Well, I chose six because Mr. Tiger, who's on the screen, Al Kaline, and I thought, well, if I chose Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks, you'd have 14 more points. And I didn't think you'd go with that one. So since I'm from Detroit, I thought Al Kaline would be a good one. Uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Cub uh, and Al Kaline, they only played for their respective teams their whole careers. Combined, they had 39 years in the major leagues. But more important than their Hall of Fame rings, more important than the One World Series that just one of them has, you know who that is, uh, they were both followers of Jesus Christ. And that's the highlight for me when I look at figures such as athletes that love Jesus Christ. Both of these men were considered quiet leaders, quiet influencers on their team and in their community. Neither of them were out protesting or doing anything of that nature, but both of them had significant impact within their circle of influence that helped other people. And both of them credit their upbringing in the Christian church and they continued that in their adult life as well. Let me get back to the six closing points. Number one, be strong and courageous. In the first chapter of Joshua, God commissioned Joshua to lead his people. And in that first chapter, God tells Joshua three times to be strong and courageous. Three times. Here is this guy stepping into the leadership of the people Israel. You'd think he was already strong. You'd think he was already courageous. But God must have needed Joshua to hear that from him. Be strong and be courageous. The, the task Joshua had was not an easy one as he was going to cross the Jordan and conquer a new land. And just like ourselves, we can't do it alone. We need God as Joshua need a God to be strong and courageous. Verse 9, chapter 1. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If there's nothing else you hear today, see that verse. Hear that verse. Know God and know his word. Okay, number two. Follow God's word. If you desire to be a better communicator... Follow God's word. Focus on the Bible as a way to live because it's, it's so much more than do's and don'ts that many people think it is. It tells a story that reveals the heart of God that loves you, that loves you. And once we know God's word, once our heart is impacted by God's word, we live our life differently through that impact. Number three, prepare the next generation. How are you communicating to your children, your grandchildren, your circle of influence that you may have? Are you exampling to that next generation God's love? 
God's grace, God's mercy? Are you clearly communicating to them through your words and deeds so that they can walk in the footsteps of Jesus as well? God tells Joshua, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Some of our younger people in our society today, maybe in your household or your extended family, need to hear those words. That God will not leave them. That God will not forsake them. That God loves them. One of the reasons Joshua was a successful communicator in communicating was because he spent so much time with God and with Moses as well. He was equipped to step up and to lead in that case. Are you equipping yourself and those around you being able to be prepared to step up and step into whatever battle God places before them? Because we do have battles placed before us. Sometimes God puts them there to see what we're made of in a sense. He's equipped us. Now he wants us to live out that equipping. Here's number four. Give all the glory to God. How are you doing in your life in that regard? Giving glory to God? I know I'm blessed to be a blessing. Sarah and I have said that for years. It's not something that we just picked up with a theme here at Faith. God tells us that we're blessed to be a blessing. And we take that seriously. We're blessed in so many ways in relationship, in family, in community, financially. We didn't come to faith going, you know what? We can't wait to sponsor a missionary to Spain. But we're blessed to be able to do that because God has blessed us in so many ways. So we're thankful to join with you, with many of you in doing that. Giving glory to God. In part, it's how you act around others as well. It's not just your written communication in a in a, I almost said a tweet. I don't know what we call that anymore because it's X now. Or on any social media platform, your written communication is important because a follower of Jesus Christ needs to communicate that constantly, that he's a child or she's a child of God. Joshua was a key communicator of the people of Israel, but he knew all the credit belonged to God. All the victories that he led belonged to God. And God had that fight for his people instilled through Joshua to lead them. God will fight for you as well. These aren't just biblical words. God is in the battle with you to overcome whatever issue may be stopping you from having a, a tighter relationship with Jesus the Christ. So God is with you. Here's number five. Communicators keep their promises. There's an odd story in the book of Joshua, chapter nine, about the Gibeonite people. God had called the people of Israel, Israel to destroy the Gibeonites. But the Gibeonites feared the works of God and of Israel. So they sought peace. But the Bible tells us they sought peace in a unique way. They dressed as travelers and went to the leadership of Israel. They were disguising themselves. They appeared before the leaders and asked if they could have peace with them, not revealing who they were. 
the Gibeonite people. And the Israelite leaders agreed and made a covenant with these leaders, these travelers, that they could have peace. But after a few days, the truth came out. The truth always comes out. The truth came out that the Israelite leaders had been tricked. And the natural reaction, as you and I would have, if we were tricked, would be anger. We'd want to get back at them. But the proper thing a good communicator, a good Christian communicator does, is keep their promise. In Joshua 9, these leaders in Joshua kept the promise even though they wanted to have revenge on these, these uh, disguisers. The Gimeonites deceived Joshua and the people of Israel, but Joshua didn't break his promise, didn't break the people of Israel's promise to have peace with them. We need to keep our promises. Christians, you and I need to, need to hold on to our integrity as followers of Jesus Christ no matter what battle we're in. And in doing so, we keep our promise to God and he keeps his promise to us. And through that, we can communicate his love to many people. Here's number six, the final point. Choose an act. Throughout the book of Joshua, Joshua holds, holds that the Lord's will be the priority in his life, his leadership life, so the people of Israel's life, that God is the priority, and he calls others to do the same. He backs his decisions up with actions, though. Our focus text from Joshua 24 includes a very famous verse that is often quoted on the walls of Christian homes. We actually have it in our home in Arizona. It reads like this. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua first makes a choice and then he acts. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He's making a choice who he's going to serve. And because he's the leader of the people of Israel, he's influencing that onto them. His circle of influence is probably much bigger than our circle of influence will ever be. But we have a circle of influence. When we make a choice, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord, that needs to be put out to our circle of influence, communicated to them, so that the right choices can be made. But Joshua chose to do this, and then he acted. That's the art of communication. Not just saying the words, but acting on them as well. It's not enough to just make a decision. We have to act on that decision. And this is what I've learned in life in my comparatively short life to some. Even if I make the wrong decision, at least I've made a decision and I've acted upon it. If I didn't make the decision or go into action on it, I'd be sitting on my hands doing nothing. But when I realize I've made the wrong decision, I can act on that too and have a course, course correction. But if you never act, you'll never do. And God wants us to be doing things as part of living for him. The sooner you and I get moving to do what God wants us to do, whatever that particular thing is in your respective life, the sooner we'll be able to communicate his full love to all people. Jews and Gentiles, all people, 
And the sooner we can encourage them as God encourages us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus daily. Would you bow your heads in a time of prayer? God, even though history tells us Joshua was chosen by you to be the deliverer of salvation to your people in his time, you have blessed us with Jesus who communicated to us through his life, death, and resurrection that he, Jesus, is where true salvation can be found for the Jew and Gentile alike. Cause us to communicate this message to others in what we do and say, that Jesus is Lord and loves all people. And he loves us so much. Jesus loves us so much. He doesn't want us to be left where we are. He wants us to move closer and closer to him and his ways as found in his holy word. Lord, in your mercy.